what's the agenda going to be. I just quickly just started jotting down notes off the top of my head. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'll be able to do an episode this week. And I quickly got through like seven different things that we could talk about. So um, why don't we jump straight into that? Uh, the Toronto Raptors. Actually, no, I should do a proper intro. That's what Jason would do at this point. Uh, welcome listeners to That's a Wrap podcast. I'm your co-host, Jay Rosales, joined by my other co-host, Dre. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Um, hope all is well with uh, our dear listeners at home who have uh, nothing better to do because the Raptors are um, are out and uh, looks like the uh, the Leafs are um, treading in uh, dangerous waters. So, um, you know, hopefully they stick around a bit longer. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how uh, Toronto sports is doing in a minute. So <laughs> almost exactly. I mean, the Leafs play game five tonight. Uh, just just curious. Whenever, and, and I'm guilty of, of, of bandwagon hopping um, to other Toronto sports teams. Do you have any other Toronto sports like merchandise that you wear in, in support of whatever team is in the playoffs, like the Leafs, for example? Uh, well, um, I mean, it's not necessarily like in support. It was more of a gift that my dad got me, but he got me like this... Uh, <laughs> this dope Blue Jays hat. Um, mm, nice. And I'm not like opposed. I just don't really watch baseball all that often, but sometimes, you know, sometimes if it's, if it's on TV and it seems really interesting, it's like, sure. Why not? Um, I'm not anti baseball. I'm not anti Blue Jays. It's just like the only thing I felt like was applicable to your question. So <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. That's fair. That's fair. No, I was just going to say that. Like I, I usually do like if, if like to your, to your point, right. I, I've got a Blue Jays hat as well. And it's, I'll throw it on specifically when they're in the playoffs, but you know, it's kind of lying around here. I don't have any Leafs gear. And I think if I did, I probably would try to wear it. It's like a, it's just like similar to what I've told you guys in the past with the Raptors, right? Whenever it's game day, I wear something Raptors Z related, but that's because I have a lot of Raptors merchandise to wear, whether it's socks or hats or shirts. Right. So um, I try to do the same with the other sports, but I simply don't have anything for the Leafs. So um, yeah. Anyways, uh, we should probably jump straight into the Toronto Raptors head coaching search because I don't know about you, Dre. It, it's it's kind of getting really wide, this net that they are throwing out there. Uh, latest word today, and we are recording this on Friday, May 12th. Latest word today, or maybe from last earlier today, maybe last night even, that uh, the, the Raptors uh, had, had office, so Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster flew to Italy to interview Sergio Scariolo. So another former Raptors assistant name is, is popping up there. Um, we also know that earlier this week, ESPN was making headlines about one of their analysts, JJ Redick, being interviewed by the Raptors. Dre, uh, initial thoughts on those two names specifically? I mean, we can dive into the other candidates, of course, but uh, anything jump out to you about uh, those two bits of news this week? Um. I'll try and dial it back because poor Jason's not here and I don't want to give him extra work to do. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it, but if I could, I would have a lot of flowery language uh, right about now. Um, okay, I'll, I'll so, keep note of the times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> get that get that hand ready. You're going to be writing a lot of minutes. Um, no, it, this is not to discredit either of these candidates because I feel like in their own right, they are 
fantastic Sergio, you know, what, what he's done with the organization previously. And, um, you know, I'm wishing him success wherever he goes, but I think he's fantastic. Additionally, I think JJ Redick, I don't think it's a hot take at this point. JJ Redick's one of the most fascinating former players turned analysts. Like he's just got such a brilliant mind when it comes to the sport. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend that most players aren't qualified, but there's something about him where he's like a damn good analyst and he's fascinating to listen to. Having said both of these things, so I'm clearly a fan of both. Having said both of these things, just what the hell are the Raptors doing? I mean, like really, really <laughs> think about it. Um, we got rid of Nick Nurse and now it's almost as if we're playing with, you know, through desperation. Why the hell did we get rid of Nick Nurse? You know, if we were guaranteed somebody like Becky Hammond, who has done a head coaching job and has done a great job, whether it's like the few stints she had with the Spurs, like once or twice, or, you know, however many times Popovich got himself thrown out of a game, you know, it's almost like an annual tradition at this point. You know, she had some brushes with that in the NBA, but in the WNBA, she took this Aces team and made them unstoppable um you know so there's that but like that was a week ago we were talking about her a week ago and now we're discussing again last episode we were like if we did all of this just to get somebody we've already had before mm-hmm. it doesn't really seem worthwhile because it's like why would we get rid of arguably one of the top 10 possibly yep. top five coaches in the league right now for like, you know, something like this, like that, that seems like a stupid risk. Uh, additionally, as much as I love JJ Reddick, we've seen this movie before when it comes to like Steve Nash is one of the greatest playmakers of all time. He was awful as a coach. Jason Kidd, time and time again, one of the greatest playmakers of all time um, is just so bad as a head coach and we're seeing it the second round now with um with the Mavericks who couldn't even make a play in you know um I don't know part of that has to do with the trade with Kyrie Irving and stuff but part of that's also like hey listen you can't make do you can't even like make the play in with two superstars I don't know um I'm not gonna just automatically assume that JJ Reddick's gonna be incompetent or anything because again i think he's just so fascinating to listen to and he's got one of the greatest um analytical minds for the sport that i've heard in recent years but if this is the best that we're gonna get while other teams are swiping up Mimi Udoka and other like other big names what the hell was the point of getting rid of nick nurse do they not realize that especially and we have to pay attention to the offseason if we don't do any like major trades or big moves did they not realize that we have just kamikaze this team if we get like a coach that's a step down and don't rectify the spots that need to be fixed with this team i i don't know like again no discredit to to the names floating out there this past week um because i respect them in in their own right but like what what the hell are what are what are the Raptors doing? We're not like a poverty team. We just narrowly missed the playoffs, uh, given a whole multitude of, of reasons, and some of them are were against our control, which is a uh, typical for Raptors, uh, you know, by now. Um, but seriously, what the hell are we doing? 
Like we're not, <laughs> we don't need to be in this poverty situation. We could have easily been in slight tweaking mode, but we are destined. If we keep up, uh, destined, might have to mark that down, uh, destined to um, becoming a poverty team, which is highly unfortunate because we, we did not need to be. Absolutely didn't need to be. And, and, and I get the concern. I get the concern that, you know, and I agree with you. Nick Nurse is easily top 10. I would argue he's top five as well, top five coach in the league. Um, and and these these coaching contracts or, or, or these coaches outside of a handful, and I, I literally mean a handful, like we're talking Popovich and Spolstra probably, um, every contract is essentially on, on, every coach is on a one-year contract. Every coach is being analyzed for what they did that year. It doesn't matter that you just won a championship two years ago or three years ago or four years ago. So with that in mind, that also means that from the perspective of the Raptors, they're letting go of someone who they felt was a disappointment this year. And there is no clear cut um, replacement, right? I mean, this, this, if there was, that person would have been hired immediately. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I what was you. the foresight? What was the foresight? We got rid of here's, nurse. There was no backup plan. There was no forward plan. Like what the hell are here, they doing? Here's where I think the foresight is though. The foresight is in not, I guess here's the counterpoint to why they're going to take their time and why they're interviewing all these out of the box names. Um, it's free advice. So the first question that they're probably going to ask is what would you do to fix the Raptors? And whatever it is that candidate says, that is free insight that they are going to take and and mold and like, you know what? I didn't consider that that point of view. I didn't consider what you just said, or maybe I did consider it and you're not a good candidate, right? Like they're, they're, it's obvious that we need a reset. Messiah said so himself, there needs to be a culture reset, but maybe that reset also expands to the way in which this team plays. And if that's the case, uh, one person giving their opinion and saying what they think will fix the Raptors is not going to be enough. And I think that's what Masai and Bobby are doing here. They're talking to everybody from all walks of the coaching spectrum, from the JJ Reddicks who have zero experience, but is well known as a great analyst. And I, I fully agree with you. I, I really do like his analysis. Um, I would argue he's probably one of the best uh, player to analysts um, who are doing it right now. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you get his insight for free. That's great. Take it in. You, maybe you don't give him the job. Probably won't give him a job. I, I really think that's just a courtesy interview. And then keep that information, right? And then you keep hiring and you keep getting all these different insights. And then you kind of get an idea of like, okay, here we've got some insight from the JJ Reddicks, the former assistants in Scariolo or Stackhouse or, or Watson. And then we get the insight of those who are totally out of left field, those who have not never been with the organization, the, the Jordy Fernandez's, the Kevin Young's, the Becky Hammonds. You take all that information and then you have a clearer picture of, okay, um, we kind of knew what we wanted to do with this team. Now we've kind of got some insight from experts from around the league. Now we know what we want. And maybe they, they bring in back some of those guys for second year. That's what, they, that's what my guess is. That's my glass half full. We're not really considering JJ Redick here. Um, that's where I think they're going. Uh, that's where I, I kind of hope they're going. Um, but it is for me, I, I mean, I, I couldn't help but notice that like, it's, 
they they did fly all the way to Italy though, right? For for Scariolo. I mean that does for seem advice. like <laughs> I know, right? That, that that is the counterpoint to my counterpoint, right? It's like, hmm, that's it's supposed to be the other way around, right? Additionally, um, I don't want to sound like a like a pessimist this whole time, and hopefully with different subjects this episode I won't be, but like who's asking for advice here? It's it's Masai Ujiri, who was at one point, remember, let's not forget, coveted by every freaking team to like hop over to their side and be like, hey, we could use Masai because he helped with his championship uh, construction, you know? Um, mm-hmm. He's needing to get all this advice from TV analysts, former assistant coaches. Like, I don't, I don't know. Something about this to me just seems... Again, completely, uh, completely poorly planned, like without any proper foresight as to what the repercussions of such a drastic instantaneous move would have been. They didn't bother waiting like the Raptors season was over and within like days, Nick Nurse was just canned. I'm sorry. I think this was just a reactionary move and they're scrambling if like they and I'm not trying to discredit the people that they're bringing on board, but they they need advice from people like JJ Reddick. Listen, I would love advice from JJ Reddick, but this is Masai <laughs> Ujiri, which is like coveted. He's a coveted person in the league. What what's going on here? <laughs> All right, that's fair. That's fair. I, I think uh, we've uh, and this is this is going to be the what will be debated until the head coach is hired. Right? Is why did you talk to the JJ Reddicks and? And the Sergio Scariolos, right? Um, it'll be interesting to see who gets called back for second interviews and third interviews. Because the other thing I've noticed is like Woj and Shams, they're essentially now re- reporting on every single interview as if they are HR. Like it, it just seems really odd. Like I, I don't remember a time when there's been this much quote unquote breaking news around who's being interviewed. It's usually just this person's been hired. Like, who cares if they're interviewing you, right? Like, I don't know. It's it doesn't really seem very clickbaity. Um, but along yeah. those, yeah, and, and along those same lines, I did fall victim to some clickbait here. Um, Fred Bentley, it's got some cryptic tweets out there. Uh, oh, what did he? Say? I should really have this prepared. Um, it was something around the long lines, like be we're all on borrowed time. Um, Oh boy. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know. I, and, you know the the timing of it too, right? He's uh, eligible for uh, to either exercise his player option. He could absolutely decline that and seek more money, which all, some signs point to him doing. Um, so sending out cryptic tweets that say that you're we're all on borrowed time with no context can't help but think is he. You know, one foot out the door already. Um, do you uh, put any any weight to this? Anything? Any of these cryptic tweets, or is it more? You know what? Uh, I'll I'll leave it as as is. Like the off season is going to be a long one. Um, the unfortunate thing I feel like is these sorts of tweets used to be cryptic and like you know misread or misunderstood, misinterpreted. But that's before it was fashionable to do these sorts of tweets. Now it mm-hmm. is. And um, who was it? It was Jerry Jackson Jr., I think, who had a tweet that was something like, um, 
uh, thank you, thank you all for the support. Once uh, once Memphis was on its way out, and yeah. people were like, "Oh, we see you leaving," and he had to like re-clarify the day afterwards. Where it's like, "No, no, I mean, I'm staying." You know, like, I don't remember exactly how he did it, but right, 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 um, right. but he did that because he understood the the repercussions of such a tweet. Did mm-hmm. somebody like Fred Van Vliet do that for this? No. The problem is, back in the day, these sorts of tweets would be misunderstood, and yeah. now that a lot of athletes, celebrities in general, but athletes, because we're talking about the business and, uh, you know, team hopping or um, refusing contracts, that sort of thing. Um, and now that they've, like, become aware of this in the last five years or so, especially the, uh, you know, the potency of the, such a tweet, um, mm-hmm. I feel like they do it on purpose now. So you see mm-hmm. it, like, all the time. Like, I'll never forget. Like, even LeBron James has done a few where it's like, I don't remember what they are verbatim, but basically like reflecting on how he's like kind of disgruntled with his team. But then like after the trade deadline this year, how he's like thriving again, um, <laughs> yeah. all these uh, athletes are, are not stupid when it comes to this, you know, they, they definitely, I unfortunately think it's very, very intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're right about, I, I was, I looked at the Jaron Jackson junior tweets that, that you were talking about May 1st, Memphis, I'm forever grateful. May 2nd, to be here. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, he did have to clarify himself. Uh, yeah, a lot. I don't know what to, to add to what you just said about Fred Van Vliet because you're right. I mean, um, it, it's – and we know he's a savvy businessman. He knows there's purpose to everything that he says and does. So Bet on yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we'll, we'll see what that happens. I, I don't – like I said, I don't have anything further to add to what you just said. I think you 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 said it very well there. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see um, what he ultimately meant uh, with that. But um, that's what this is going to be, right? For, for the next uh, what four or five months is us reading into really cryptic tweets and and reports from Woj and Shams and overblowing it. Um, but something that is worth overblowing this Saturday tomorrow here in Toronto. Ah. We will be hosting the very first WNBA game. Uh, yes, it's a preseason game, but it's definitely not being treated as one. Uh, sold out in under 20 minutes. There is all kinds of media coverage. I think both Sportsnet and TSN are airing the game. And uh, I think there is a 12-foot uh, WNBA statue that's... Uh, go- I don't know if it's making the rounds around the city or there's several statues around the city to promote this. Um, all kinds of merchandise are, are being sold around this. It's a big event. Uh, Dre, initial thoughts on the the hoopla uh, surrounding the upcoming game and maybe some thoughts on the actual game itself between the Chicago Sky and uh, Minnesota Lynx. Listen, I actually signed up to uh, to be shortlisted for you know the announcement of when the tickets were going on sale. I almost went to this thing. Um, unfortunately, it's not the Lynx and the Sky that we once knew. Uh, the biggest change, of course, is Candace Parker, who um, is now a member of the Aces. Um, even still, she's like past her prime. But I mean, it's Candace Parker; she's legendary, uh, and she's not like a scrub or anything. She's still really good. Um, so I kind of backed out because because <laughs> it's 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 not the the sky and the links that if you said this like three years ago, 
it'd be like, oh, damn, okay. Yeah, <laughs> or I mean, yeah. How long has uh, Candace been a part of the sky? It's not that long, maybe two years ago. I don't know, whenever it yeah, was. Not long. Um, yeah. Having said that, though, I will never discredit the um, the hype surrounding you know female based sports. So I um, I've said this time and time again. I feel like sports fan bases are extremely toxic, especially when it comes to uh, women, uh, female athletes, and to finally see excitement surrounding this as opposed to vitriol and uh, juvenile, sexist sort of derogatory comments. Um, mm. I mean, I I have been a fan of the WNBA for almost 10 years now, and I'm just sick of that side of it. So to see actual genuine hype and this sort of wink or promise that potentially with the growth of the WNBA, that maybe that means we might get a Toronto team, like a sister team to the Raptors. Listen, I am like all for it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I might not be going to the game, but I'm not writing it off. I, I know it's preseason. It's not exactly the two strongest teams in the league right now. It's not going to be like this bloodthirsty, head-to-head, must-watch event. But it's a celebration for a whole myriad of other reasons, and I welcome it. Um, I'm actually going to be working downtown uh, the day of it, so tomorrow. So I don't know. Maybe I'll I'll see a thing or two while I'm downtown. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm excited, and I... Uh, even though I'm not, I didn't wind up going um, by my own personal choice. I'm still a little bit jealous of those who are going because it's still like an important event when it comes to WNBA. I, th- I think it's a great sign that you know, even though to your point, it, it's not it's not Vegas or or the Liberty coming into town, that it's still sold out that quickly. That there still is a lot of hype around the game and and there's a lot of excitement. It really does feel like. A, a Toronto franchise is inevitable, not, no longer a question. But I also know that we said this back in 2019, I, right after the championship. There were, there was, I remember there was that WNBA committee that was coming to Toronto, and there was this huge campaign around bringing a franchise to Toronto now that we're champions and we're obviously a basketball hotbed. Um, but that was four years ago, right? And I don't know. This, this feels like a a different step but also in a very positive direction. So I don't know. After this, hopefully the momentum will continue. I really don't think there is anything else. Like what else can Toronto do to get a franchise? I mean, this the proof is in the pudding. And I think that after Saturday, regardless of how the game goes, I think what you're going to see is that uh, the momentum towards a Toronto franchise will only get larger. And I'm hoping that some announcement happens fairly soon. I know that expansion is not going to happen for another couple of years, but I want to know that Toronto is one of those teams that will be expanding um, soon. And I I'm just, I, I hope that this game on Saturday is, is just the, the cherry on top to the, the final approval, but we'll see. We will see. If you're looking for mascots, uh, so many other dinosaurs have long, long, long names. So um, I would go with for the WNBA team, the Toronto Sabretooths. I think that's uh, open, and I think it's got a nice <laughs> ring to it. You, you know, the, the foregone conclusion has been uh, Huskies. Uh, are, are you Would you, you pick uh, Sabretooths over, over Huskies? Sabretooths, by the way, is, is an amazing name. Um, and well, a nice ode to the to the Raptors going the the dinosaur route, but um, 
Yeah, I, I like the whole like like the like the pairing. So like with the Lakers, it's not necessarily like a thematic pairing, but like the Sparks have like the same color scheme and stuff. And maybe the the Huskies. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't. But if we're going that route, I welcome that too. Let's go Huskies because you know that's uh, that's an an homage to um, Toronto sports history right there. So why not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so why don't we transition over to the NBA playoffs? So. NBA playoffs are in full swing right now. Uh, why don't we start with uh, a team that's eliminated? Let's start with the Phoenix Suns. And for the third straight year, they're eliminated by an MVP candidate. Three years ago, they lost in the finals, blowing a 2-0 lead to the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, last year, they got eliminated in seven on their home court to Luka Doncic and the Mavericks. This year, losing at home again, uh, this time. Two, Nikola Jokic should be three-time MVP. I'm not bitter. And the Denver Nuggets, who look as strong as ever. Um, I guess initial thoughts, Dre, on the Suns. Like, are, are, what's ha- what's going to happen here? Is this, is this the last game for Aiton and Chris Paul and, and possibly even Monty Williams? Um, or is the future bright? Because you've got Booker and KD. So what are your initial thoughts here on, on the Suns? flaming out in the second round the suns have a lot that they have to fix because they're kind of like um an outdoor concert with uh nowhere to sit and your legs are killing you the suns have no bench and it's uh it's uh pretty brutal and um i i think uh i don't think uh, monty's on his way out which uh i don't think he should be uh you should take ownership of what you're given you know what, what players you're given to work with um, mm-hmm. unlike some other franchises, but I'm not bitter. Um, <laughs> instead, uh, I feel like this is for sure the end of, um, of Aiden as yeah. a, as a son, but most likely also Chris Paul, because you know, that veteran presence, they don't need it from him anymore. They've got it in KD and they're not going to get rid of him right off the bat. Uh, mm-hmm. As soon as they get him like half a season, it's, it's Kevin Durant, you know? So, and uh, you know they they recognize the uh, franchise potential in um, in Booker, so they're not going to get rid of him either. But uh, yeah, that's what I think. I think that uh, yeah. we're going to see a little bit of uh, restructuring, some rebuilding. Um, I also think they have to because if they don't, a lot of people have said this, so I can't take credit for thinking of this myself. Um, they got to where they got to year and year again because of the Clippers who have underperformed due to injury. If the Clippers were ever were ever fully healthy, we might not have ever even seen a Suns Finals with Chris Paul finally reaching the finals. We might not have even seen them in the second round last year or this year. So it's like, how much of the Suns legacy is actually because of homegrown growth and you know whatever they've accumulated and how much of it was kind of just luck-based? They have to really take a long look in the mirror and figure out what the next step is, but um, something is amiss. Not many things have to change, but at least something does. Otherwise, they're not going to reach the finals, and um, Chris Paul's not going to be able to face his addictions again. Uh, you know what? I think I can probably meld together two two things that we've talked about already uh, into, into this Suns discussion. So, I agree with you. I think Paul's on his way out. I definitely agree that DeAndre Hayden's gone though. Um, 
but let's let's stick to Chris Paul here. He's thirty eight. Um, he's probably on his last legs. He's, he's in the, the he still has two more years in his contract, sixty million. So that's thirty each. Um, if if we kind of read the tea leaves here and think that Fred Van Vliet's on his way out, would you be opposed to a Fred Van Vliet plus a little bit of filler uh, for Chris Paul for two years of Chris Paul? As you know, again, this is under the assumption that we think that Fred Van Vliet is on his way out, could leave for nothing. Um, would you entertain that thought of trading Fred Van Vliet? Again, you need a little bit more, like a little bit of filler um, for Chris Paul, for two years of Chris Paul as a quote unquote stopgap until uh, the, the, the future point guard arrives. I don't know who that might be, but would you consider that? I would have to think about this long and hard, but on paper, two things come to mind. First, we could afford to use or like to have this veteran presence, despite the fact that he might not have a championship. I would never say no to having Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, look, we're not going to be winning a championship anytime soon. That's the way that I feel it. So why not? Um, the other thing is we have to actually address some of the other elephants in the room, which include... Um, I don't know, figuring out if we actually have solved our big man problem, um, figuring out proper depth on our team. Would accumulating Chris Paul make that even worse if we're giving up too much for him? Like, I don't know. But um, if we can wangle that and solve some of our other issues, I'm never going to say no to having Chris Paul on our team. I know he hasn't like won a championship or whatever, but he's a, he's a upcoming hall of famer and anybody who doesn't think that was delusional. And I feel like we could use that, I mean, he might become, you know, whatever I said before about, uh, you know, former point guards or playmakers becoming coaches. He might become an excellent coach because he's not just a great playmaker. He, like, knows the fact that he actually won a game because he pointed out that the Timberwolves jerseys were untucked. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Like, he has, has like, he's smarter than the refs at their own rules. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I would not mind having Chris Paul on my team, but let's see if that's even a remote possibility. <laughs> All this talk about uh, Kyle Lowry being an eventual coach when Chris Paul is sitting right there. You know, like I, I, could tell, I agree with you. Chris Paul has a future in the NBA when he, he hangs up the shoes because it'll either be in a head coaching position or a front office position. Uh, I could see him as a general manager. I could see him in any way, right? He, he was president of the Player Association for many mm-hmm. years, right? So uh, he definitely has a future somewhere in, in the NBA after this. Um, but until then, maybe a couple years with the Raptors. This is like Hakeem Olajuwon all over again. Um, cool. So the Suns have, are out. Uh, the Nuggets look honestly quite amazing. They're going to be waiting on the winner of the Warriors-Lakers. And I say Warriors-Lakers because... It's very easy to say, okay, Lakers are up 3-1, they're going to advance, but wow, the irony of this, if the Warriors are able to come back from a 3-1 deficit against LeBron, that would be some full circle-ness there. Um, Do you think the Warriors can pull it off and get uh, two more wins, or do you think LeBron and the Lakers can eke out one more win against the defending champs? I mean, my goodness. Uh, the the key catalyst here is LeBron James, the guy who uh, will not slow down. You want to talk about, um, uh, you know, Chris Paul being on his last legs. LeBron LeBron James' last legs are made out of titanium. Like it's just impossible. <laughs> they at this are. Point. They truly um, are. I think it depends on 
a couple of things. The major one being, and you, you'll know more about this than I will, um, Anthony Davis, who has been playing really well uh, for the most part, not every game, but like uh, for the most part been playing really well, is he um, clear to play for, for tonight's game? Because I know he was... Uh, and okay, yes. here's here's yes, another yes. thing. Like I know he's soft. I know he's made out of glass. La di da. I'm not on board with the people making fun of you know his injury. I I know he's fine and he was cleared of having a concussion. But in general, head head injuries are nothing to sneeze at. I Correct. personally know people who have played rugby or other sports who have permanent rem- uh, repercussions from having been concussed from being as young as a teenager in active mm-hmm. contact sports. Um they are really serious and it can yeah. actually like destroy you and your livelihood. Um, if not treated properly, having said that, I'm glad that he's okay. I think it's like maybe safe to make fun of him now, but not like right after the fact, like <laughs> I feel like, it, you know, always being wheeled out for a concussion. Yeah. That right. You know, some people who, who get concussions can't walk. Like they can't even see straight. So like, mm-hmm. I don't see why that's such, why it's so beyond the realm of possibility. Having said that, that's like the the major thing. Is AD going to play, and is he going to be all right? You know, if they were going to give up uh, a three one lead, it would have to be from like an inexperienced team. The only ways that I can see that possible are from players like D'Angelo Russell, who has been playing the best he's been since the Brooklyn Nets days. Um, but he's also inconsistent. He's not set in stone like like a bona fide reliable player but he's been doing really well overall the only consistency that we have is lebron james but even still like his you know the team behind him is kind of firing on all cylinders for the most part and when they when they're like not playing well they have like other players that are playing well like an austin reeves for for instance or schroeder for instance um and when they have off days the other people stand up i don't know for me the biggest thing is Matching up Kevon Looney or Draymond Green, which Draymond Green, I don't care what anyone says, has had a, a quite a strong playoffs overall. Not every game, but overall. But having said that, he's not Anthony Davis. That's the that's the key thing for me here. The Anthony Davis situation. If Anthony Davis is fine and he balls out, they're not going to see a game seven. They're not. Um, if not, we could see an upset. I'm not saying it's set in stone. Because I will never say like LeBron James is just going to fold. Maybe back in 2011. Because hey, I'm a Mavericks fan. But hey, uh, but uh, those days are gone. Those days are gone. Um, I I would love the upset because I would prefer the Warriors go through. But that trade that the Lakers had, that series of trades, they're going to go down to some of the best that we've seen in like the last 10 years. Like from second last in the conference to being quite possibly title favorites just just i don't want them to win but i can't deny when something's beautifully done i mean what an incredible incredible mid-season um strategy that they pulled off oh and one last final thing before i forget um word is out that uh wiggins is clear to play despite his uh bruised or i I don't think it's broken i think it's just bruised rib um he's an important factor as well um you know, they need all the size that they can get. Um, I guess we'll see. But at least uh, from what I've heard, he is cleared to play. I don't know how effective he's going to be, but he's clearly not going to give up in what's possibly an elimination game. 
very valid points. Uh, I think that this this the series at the very least is living up to what everyone is expecting, which was you know an all out brawl. And if the Lakers are unable to defend home court, and this goes to seven, then who knows? Like it, it's all cards are on the table for that one. And I think that it, it almost feels like it's destined to go to seven. Uh, between these two, and it, it, it'll be a fun ride for sure. Um, you know, we'll see how we are. To your point, Wiggins will be there. Anthony Davis will be there. But how healthy are they, right? Are they both going to play because they just want this series to A, be over or be extended? So we'll see. It should be a lot of fun. I think, uh, I think regardless of how it turns out, it's definitely lived up to the billing. Um, and that leaves us with one more series to, to really talk about because we're not going to talk about the Heat or the Knicks. Uh, and that's the Go Celtics eight. and Sixers uh, going seven. Um, very simply put, which team do you want to see lose more? Uh, Celtics. <laughs> really? I am going for the Sixers to lose. Uh, why do you choose the Celtics? Why do you want them out? Well, uh... or, or why do you want the Sixers to advance? That's more what it is. I, I don't have anything against the Celtics myself, um, outside of maybe Marcus Smart, who was, uh, you know, very annoying when we were uh, facing them in the playoffs uh, many moons, moons ago. Um, he was basically like Paul Pierce all over again. Um, but it's more, I mean, ever since the Allen Iverson days, I was going to say the AI days, but that kind of means something else nowadays. Um Ever since, uh, you know, the Allen Iverson days, I've been a fan of the Sixers. Um, I wanted them to do well. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm i not like a super fan of his, but if James Harden is going to win a championship, this might be his best odds or this year. You know, you've got Maxi who's balling. Um, Joel Embiid, who's been a little inconsistent, as we've seen. but um, you know, when he's on, he's on uh, during his uh, apparent MVP year. And uh, most importantly, uh, I'm not like a big Doc Rivers fan or, or whatever, but I would feel really sad for him if, <laughs> like, for the upteenth time, he he chokes in the final minute like like he does so very, very often. You know, I would just like to see the Sixers team do well. There's, there's just something about it. Um, I don't know. Uh, of the Eastern teams, I'm rooting the most for the Heat because uh, Jimmy Butler's one of my top players playing right now outside of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Those are like my two guys. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how far the Heat are actually going to go. I mean, they could go all the way. Maybe not like, depending on who's like in the going to face them in, in the West. Uh, that's like the bigger question. But uh in terms of making it out of the East, I think it's quite possible. And I love the underdog story. Um, I feel like people are kind of sleeping on the Sixers or definitely were sleeping on the Heat. Now it's kind of uh, romantic to, you know, love the Heat. So we'll see. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm going to go with Sixers. Uh, that's all there is to it, I guess. I... We'll go for the Celtics, um, mainly because... Which is a wiser choice. <laughs> well, well uh, how do I say this? Well, you know what? I think this is the second year in a row now that that 
I know I have. I think you have too. Didn't we all choose the Celtics to make the final? I know we all chose Celtics to make the finals last year. Did we also do that this year? Oh God, I don't remember. I, I don't know. I, I don't have the the Excel sheet ready, but but essentially we 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 all seem to like the Celtics to do well, whether or not we actually are fans of them or not. Um, but that's not the reason why I, I think that they will, or I prefer if they advance. Um, I, I don't like Doc Rivers. I don't like Joel Embiid's <laughs> flopping. I don't like. Uh, well, I know I, I respect James Harden's game. Joel Embiid really does tick me off. Um, all of his antics. Uh, so, and then the funny stat that I, that you know kind of adds credence to what you were saying about Doc Rivers. He is now in the second round. We're we're looking only at second round appearances. Uh, Doc Rivers has now lost eight straight series clinching games. Eight. Um, that's ridiculous. That is a bit of what you were saying there in terms of him not being able to control things in the last minute, right? And that's got to be creeping into his mind, right? That he's he's not much of a closer as a coach. And that really seems like an odd thing to say about a coach. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's more my disdain for the Sixers is a bit larger than my disdain for the Celtics. And the Celtics, I would consider the the number one rival of the Raptors. They're... They're one team I hate the Raptors facing every single time. Yep. Um, but I I would rather see the Sixers lose. Um, on the flip side, if the Sixers were to win, I would think that that actually bodes well for the Heat. Because I think Spolstra can totally outcoach Rivers. And I think that that adds to Absolutely. what I, I'm, I'm with you on this. I want to see Butler in the finals and, yep. and Lowry, of course. And I think they have a better chance of doing that if they're against the Sixers. So... Yep. Uh, it should be good either way. And I mean, to your to your earlier thought about how far the Heat can go, just imagine Butler versus LeBron again. No, um, no, time. no. This don't time outside that. of the outside of the bubble. Come I don't on. care. I don't care. No, <laughs> no, because we know how the officiating is going to go. Oh my no. gosh, you're right. You are so right. <laughs> no, you might have to jot that down. Um, but a Denver. Can you imagine the thumbnails for Denver versus the Heat? Can you imagine the fire and ice sort of imagery? <laughs> oh my God! Having said that, if it's Denver, the Denver's going to clock them. Like, let's be honest. Like, oh, this is this is this is really shaped up to be a very good place. Like, I'm glad that Denver has made it to the conference finals and shown their. I almost felt like they had to prove that they were a number seed because odds makers would love the Suns, they love the Lakers, they love the Warriors. The Nuggets just were almost forgotten, and you almost forget that, hey, they're the number one seed in the West. So I'm kind of glad that they're there as a finals, that they're looking like the number one seed. Um, and I hope that they continue to make noise in, in the next round and hopefully beyond. Well, but we'll see there. Um, well, great discussion. I, I think in terms of, of wrapping things up here, we got to do a weekly, our, our weekly recommends here. Um, and I'm going to start off with Jason. He, he sent in his weekly recommend. Um, he was, of course, unable to make uh, today's episode, um, but his weekly recommend is the new Jonas Brothers album. Uh, so, yeah, he was saying, you know, summer's coming and, and we need that that beach slash pop music. So that's his weekly recommend. I have no idea what's on that album. That is not my cup of tea. I'll never I find out. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, that's that's Jason's weekly recommend. Dre, you want me to go first, or you wanna you got a weekly recommend you got? I've got one if you if you're not. Yeah, ready go ahead. Yet. Go okay, sure. It. Um, 
So, uh, I've talked about this a lot, this sort of thing on Phil's Fatale, my website, shameless plug. Uh, but in general, I feel like um, coming up in a couple weeks' time is the series finale, back to back series finales of Succession and Barry, two um, HBO Titanic shows that I have brought up uh, on this podcast before. But I'm not going to bring those up again. Instead, I'm bringing up um, a show that's wrapping up, I think, either the Thursday before or the Thursday after. So it's similarly like, I feel like, you know, the other series finales wrapping up is important because I feel like we need to get into the, like the, the hard hitting discussion. Are we facing the, uh, the end of, of the golden age of television, which has been going on for over 20 years since, you know, Oz and the Sopranos, Six Feet Under, Sex and the City, um, all, all that good stuff, uh, Deadwood, uh, it's a real discussion that we need to have. Are we actually exiting that age? And the, the show I'm going to be bringing up, which is ending, which I'm shocked that nobody's talking about because when it first came out, nobody would shut up about the Amazon prime original um, masterwork known as the marvelous Mrs. Maisel that's wrapping up too. in it's final season, which it was having a bit of a dip in quality for a few years. Uh, seasons three and four felt a little bit repetitive, but season five so far, there's a, uh, the third last episode dropped uh, yesterday or today, depending on where you live. Um, season five has been absolute fire and it's been one of the best things on TV right now. And I feel like it's ending with a bang. And I feel like that only adds fuel to the fire of the argument known as, are we exiting the golden age of television? Cause the outside of a lot of these shows that are ending, the only thing I could think of that I I'm super duper interested in that's coming out this year. So not severance, which is coming out, later on because of the writer's guild strike um this is the bear which if you haven't if you haven't watched the bear either is a tremendous show the rehearsal is a tremendous show but i can't think of many i feel like we are entering a dark age that's all i'm gonna say marvelous mrs Maisel. it's a fantastic comedy drama and winner of several emmys right yeah, like back in its year? day, back in yeah. its day. I mean, it still gets nominated even like during its weaker eras. But again, the show dips in quality a little bit, but it never becomes like terrible. It just becomes a little familiar. Season five rectifies that. They pull off a couple of very daring, bold choices. So yeah, I'm going to go with Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Great recommend. Yeah, another show that's been on my docket of shows to, to, to get on the binge list there. So thank you for that recommend. Um, my recommend is... Uh, Queen Charlotte, um, the the latest Bridgerton story. I've I've never thought I'd be a fan or a viewer of, of time pieces, but Shonda Rhimes gets me. So I, I really do like whatever she puts out there. So I would recommend that. I've just got one more episode to watch, but yeah, it's been a good it's been a good watch in terms of following along the Bridgerton timeline there and. and learning the backstory of Queen Charlotte, but that's my weekly recommend. And that does it for this week's episode. Thank you again for joining us. Again, apologies that Jason couldn't make it. Uh, He had some uh, other work that he had to complete, but he sends his regrets, but he will be obviously editing this episode, but also back with us uh, next week. So I think that's it. I think that's what we usually do to wrap things up. Make sure to catch us on all your podcatchers. You can also follow us at That's A Wrap Pod. And I think that's how we usually wrap things up. So that's a wrap.